to me, once the Timberwolves find out that they're better without Cat, um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, in my opinion. Um, I feel like that aligns with most of these contracts that we have on the team. So I'm excited to see, you know, how he fits into this offense. I mean, he has a quick release. Uh, he's a great cutter. I'm trying to say, like, I don't know if he was worth 32 mil for four years, but I guess we have to wait and see um, what the Rockets do with all those signings they made. So, yeah. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. I'm your co-host, Daily Sabonis. Our other co-host, Jill Adge, is actually at the California Classic. So it'll just be me and my other co-host from my other podcast, The Beam Unit, um, Elizabeth and Naima. What's up, y'all? What's up? So we're coming off a very hot free agency weekend uh, a lot of moves were made and uh, a lot of them were pretty amazing there were bombshells woj bombs some were woj firecrackers or or those smoke snakes whatever you want to call it uh, whatever you see in those uh, fourth of july booths but naima and liz i want to know were there any free agency moves by other teams in the nba that really impressed you I mean, maybe not impressed, but what was shocking was Rockets uh, signing Dylan Brooks to four years for eighty million. That was absolutely shocking to me. I'm like, especially after how the Memphis Grizzlies and Lakers series went, I'm like, I I couldn't believe they they actually offered him that kind of money. So yeah, yeah, I'd agree on that. And I'd also say, I mean, I hate to admit it, but I think the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, you know, I think they actually had a decent free agency period. Um, I think they signed a lot of their weaknesses, but then again, you know, they have to put that on the court, um, because I also thought, you know, after the trade deadline, um, they got better and then they got swept in the Western conference finals. So, yeah, I mean, we'll just kind of have to wait and see, uh, on paper, it looks good. I thought, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, I thought they had a great free agency period. Um, but we have to wait and see what they can actually put on the court. If LeBron can stay healthy, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, um, that's going to be obviously a big factor into their signings as well. Because uh, without those two, it's going to be really hard for them to be able to contend. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a little jealous of them uh, signing Torian Prince. Uh, that was one guy I wanted for the Kings, and he signed with them. Uh, but I will say, them signing D'Lo, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Ooh. who I'm not uh, the biggest fan of, but Keith Smith of um, Spotrack, Spotrack, you know, he did say, well, when LeBron and, and Anthony Davis are out, which they are going to be, I'm not wishing injury or anything, but they are going to load manage probably in, in maybe at play at most 50 games or so. The Lakers are going to need someone to score. And, and D'Angelo Russell is one of those, as Coach Spo would say, ignitable players. So maybe yeah. he'll take up the scoring load uh, when their two big stars are out. Another um, team, um, I was like, that that I thought did really well was the Suns with what they were working with, to be honest. Um, so 
Uh, I know Metu went over there too, so good luck to him. We loved him in sack, but you know, we the Suns did what they had to do with what they had. So yeah, we will miss our Nigerian king, yes. right? Uh, and, and they also got Yuta, Yuta Watanabe, yeah, and I am so upset. They got yeah, Eric that's a huge That was I was like, wow, that's a good uh, backup point guard right there, in my opinion. He actually might be the point guard, uh, considering Ooh, he might since be everyone's gone. You know, yeah. Liz, any other uh, notable moves around the league? Um, I mean, I would, I guess, I would say, you know, not necessarily the free agent you know, free agency period, but, uh, you know, with all these extensions being handed out, I mean, you had Tyrese Halliburton getting his max extension, LaMelo Ball, uh, Anthony Edwards signed his as well, you know, obviously uh, Sabonis signing his extension. Um, so a lot of extensions going around. It's crazy just how money uh, apparently in the NBA does grow on trees. So congrats to those guys. You know, they work hard, they do the crime. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, season. Yeah. If anything, uh, I think, uh, the Anthony Edwards one is is the extension t- to me that makes the most sense, and, and I think he he totally deserves it, and it's worth the money. I think he's durable, um, and he is definitely the engine. And, and to me, once the Timberwolves find out that they're better without Cat, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Anthony Edwards definitely should be their number one option. And I think that contract is saying that in a way, so... Yeah, 100%. So let's move on to our team, the Beam team, the Sacramento Kings. What was your favorite move by Monty McNair? Oh, I have to say um, bringing over Sasha. I mean, that was the big question mark of, you know, pretty much the offseason as if, you know, they were going to be able to convince Sasha to come over. And um, they did just that. And I thought on a great deal, too, you know, three years, $20 million. Um, I feel like that aligns with most of these contracts that we have on the team. So I'm excited to see, you know, how he fits into this offense. I mean, he has a quick release. Uh, he's a great cutter. Um, you know, I think him and Sabonis are going to work well together. I think him and Fox, I really would love to see him and Malik together, um, you know, to see how, you know, they can work in the offense. So, yeah, I think the biggest, uh, biggest, uh, you know, acquisition was uh, definitely getting Sasha to come over. Um, I think – uh, what is it called extending Sabonis was my favorite. He was such an important part of last season, and to be honest, the main reason why not one of the reasons why uh, we made the playoffs. And he did lead the league with um, the double doubles. Like that man was like a triple double at one point of the season machine and everything. So I was really happy about that. And to everyone who is shocked about signing, like you know, extending him, uh, giving him more money as well. I, clearly, they didn't watch the Kings last season. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, uh, the negative Nelly is the negative side of the fan base. Uh, I think they're just focused on how Sabonis was somewhat neutralized in the playoffs. Uh, but they forget. He still averaged a double-double exactly. in the playoffs. He just didn't play to his uh, peak like he did in the regular season, but... Granted, we got to remember that the Warriors totally focused on him. They know that he's a fulcrum of the offense uh, with our DHO action and our high angle offense. Come on. When you're being focused on, that's what's going to happen. And he still played a decent ball. He wasn't a bum out there. People act like he, he scored in single digits and only got three rebounds. 
no, he still played his game, but he just wasn't as effective because they totally game planned against him. So, um, and Liz, what do you feel about, how do you feel about, uh, you know, the negative side of the fan base and they're, they're pretty much calling it, Oh, the Kings are just running it back and they haven't gotten better. Look, you know, this team, this core and the bench, they had one season together and look what they were able to accomplish in that one season. They obviously exceeded everyone's expectations. They got back into the playoffs, you know, for the first time in 16 years and they took the Warriors to a game seven you know, defending champion Warriors to a game seven. So there's no issue with running it back, quote unquote, as people would like to say. With, you know, obviously the starting five, we were the number one offense in the entire league, you know, with our starting five. So that has to account for something. And then you do those little moves on the bench that can improve your bench, which I think Bonnie McNair did. So people with that narrative, oh, they're just going to run it back and talking about it negatively. You have to look, at some of these teams that have had success for many, many years. The Denver Nuggets, for example, just won an NBA championship. They've ran it back how many years in a row? Yes, they've made small adjustments here and there. And then, you know, Jamal Murray obviously went down with his injury, but they made those adjustments that they needed to, but they were fine with sticking with some of their main components, you know, with Michael Porter Jr., you know, not even being available for a lot of the time because of his back injury. Those kinds of things you have to be patient with and you have to do those right things in order to, you know, maintain success. And I think that's what Monty McNair is trying to do is he's not trying to do anything flashy. He doesn't care to be, you know, the number one talked about, you know, general manager kind of thing. He's going to do those moves that make this team better. And I think he did. Yes, we can run it back with our starting five which again was our, you know, the number one offense in the league. So there's no issue with that. So people talking negatively about it, they obviously didn't watch basketball or know nothing about basketball because a lot of it is coming from our own fan base. So there's nothing wrong with it. We just have to wait to see how it plays out. Um, But I'm excited. I think these guys, you know, especially with having, I think a better bench than we did last season on paper, at least, you know, we have to wait and see how it, you know, happens once the season comes, but I think a lot of our guys in the starting five, you know, their minutes may start to dwindle down a little bit. So we're not, you know, basically running them into the ground. Like I think it kind of showed once we started that, you know, playoff series against the Warriors. So yeah, I'm excited. There's nothing wrong with running it back. We have to do certain things in order to maintain success, you know, and the Denver Nuggets, for example, are just one of, you know, many out there. Yeah. One of many examples, it took the Bucks how many years to tweak their team until they became uh, a championship team. Uh, even uh, LeBron's first year with the Lakers was a total dud and they had to tweak things and then they over tweaked and then they lost again. So it takes time, uh, but it doesn't mean we have to get star players and, and have a big three, so to speak. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting the right role players and it does take experience. That's how you get better. So again, like everybody else already said, be patient. And, and not only that, be patient with our rookies as well. It takes time for people to develop and, and hopefully they're going to be patient with Nimi Escada, um on his journey in, in becoming a, an NBA player with meaningful minutes. Um, I am going to run it, uh, go back a little bit uh, to Sasha Vizenkov. I will say this. I cannot wait for the Kings fan base to see Sasha's quick release when he's like, 
in the paint and he just has this really quick floater that he just throws up there. So people who are in love with Rashawn Holmes push shot are going to love Sasha's quick little floater thing that he does. That is amazing to see. And then not only that, speaking of Rashawn, we wish him well um, because the Kings uh, traded him to Dallas, I guess for draft compensation, I guess it was right. So, uh, Something like that. Sorry, worst podcast in the world, right? We're not giving details. So, yeah. So, good luck to him. Naima and Liz, uh, what was one move in the league that has you wondering or baffled? I would say the Jeremy Grant contract. Um, Oh, yes. You know, that contract was uh, massive. And now with the news coming out, you know, you would think with that kind of contract, you're expecting Dame to stay in Portland and build around those two. Um, but then as soon as that contract broke, I believe it was the next day, you know, Damian Lillard, um, the story broke that he was requesting a trade out of Portland. So now that contract just is more mind blowing and baffling to me, uh, you know, as ever, because I'm like, OK, what are they doing? Like, basically, if you're trading Dame, you're rebuilding from the ground up. So giving Jeremy, you know, Grant a contract of five years, um, 160 million over those five years is just a little baffling to me. Um you know, who knows what they're doing over there. Uh, I don't sometimes think they know what they're doing over there. Um, but I guess we're just going to have to wait to see how that whole thing plays out with Dame and see if he actually gets traded um, because, you know, apparently he only wants to play for the Heat. Uh, but, you know, it's a business. The The Trailblazers have to do what's best for them in the end of you know, the day. I mean, yes, uh, unfortunately, Dame was very loyal to that franchise, um, but it is a business at the end of the day. So they need to get the best package that they're going to be able to get back. Um, you know, in order to make their franchise better in the future. But yeah, that contract was just just weird to me. I don't I don't understand it. Um, they had to have maybe some inkling that he was going to request a trade. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it came, came completely out of left field. Um, but yeah, paying that contract now just even is more uh, mind blowing to me. Well, I think uh, and good for Dame for being patient. He was patient for at least a few seasons when he knew that they weren't going to build around him properly, whether it's you know, firing Terry Stotts or just never getting him the big that he could work with. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, two incredible smalls with Dame and CJ, you know, it's good. But to me, uh, a nice one-two punch is always one good big and one good small or a wing. And to me, that that's usually the most optimal uh, combination when you're trying to build a team around for success. Naima, any thoughts on, on any moves that baffled you? Um, honestly, that the one Liz just mentioned, the 160, that was a wild contract for me to even comprehend that they're giving it to Jeremy Grant. I understand he's a great, like, defending wing and all that, but yeah, that was shocking as well. I don't really have anything else. Maybe the Jock Landale with us, uh, with um, the Suns, like the 32 mil for four years, Rockets, yeah. Uh, sorry, Rockets. Bro, he was on the Suns and then he went to the Rockets, yes, before he... I was just shocked because he didn't even get that much playing time with the Suns. And the little I saw, I'm not sure if it was that much, like, enough. I mean, it was... Trying to say, like, I don't know if he was worth 32 mil for four years, but I guess we have to wait and see um, what the Rockets do with all those signings they made. So, yeah. Well, with with that, I will say, if he played the Kings only for 82 games, it would be worth it because he kills us every time. He always plays well <laughs> against us, unfortunately. You know? And and just to update that idea, um, I think only the first two years are the first years guaranteed. So 
Yeah, it, it looks like a big number, but only like the first year is guaranteed. So they're going to see like how it goes and then it continues, if that makes sense. Okay. Again, that's from Keith Smith, uh, Spot Track. Um, for me, yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I if anything, uh, there are just moves that I that I hate on because I'm a hater, right? Can like for me, it, it's <laughs> like, you know, why do the Suns get Patty Mills? Why do they get Yuta Watanabe? Um, I'm upset that the Sixers got Jaden McDaniels. So it's like it's just players that I wanted for the Kings that signed elsewhere, and, and Lord knows. Uh, if money ever made an offer or not and, and yeah I, I really think money has a way of doing things he definitely did not lie when he said like a year and a half ago probably during uh, a previous free agency period where he said that he is a value buyer and that is the truth he truly is a value buyer I think he looks for gems where nobody else looks and we all knew the whole timeline knew and has been said many times that Monty McNair was going to throw us uh, curveballs that we did not expect. And, and lo and behold, one of the first moves that the Kings made was um, acquiring Quist Duarte, uh, who two years ago when he was drafted, I was high on, and I'm still high on. Uh, unfortunately, his, uh, the early years of, career, his, of his career have been derailed by injuries, his ankle, but we all know sometimes uh, after you go through that period in your career, uh, you're usually scot-free maybe. Maybe he has a Steph career where it's like it's a rough start, but then, you know, he puts it behind him. So, uh, and I'm excited to have him on our team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, he has that, you know, he was with Sabonis in um, Indiana for that first season. Uh, so I'm excited to see them together again. You know, there was a reports that when Indiana was in town, uh, when they played us, um, that they went to dinner and everything. So they obviously have, you know, a deeper connection than just on the floor. Um, so I'm excited. I think, you know, sometimes a change of scenery, um, you know, because injuries hindered him. And then obviously having other players come in and kind of take over his spot. Uh, I think a change of scenery is going to do him good. So I feel like he's kind of that, you know, low risk, high reward type of player. Um, that can definitely shine. Uh, you know, he can bring defense, which, you know, obviously that's one of our weaknesses with this team. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him uh, hopefully have a healthy season and just get back out there to work and, you know, see how him and Sabonis play together again. Yeah, um, I was like watching highlights with him and Sabonis. And what was very striking to me was it's very similar to the way Kev, uh, Herter and uh, Sabonis play together. So it's definitely... Uh, I'm definitely excited for that and to see how that like improves our offense, everything. I think all the moves that Monty made was like definitely improving our offense on top of what we already have. So I'm excited about that. I mean, honestly, I, I just want to hear Sabonis and, and Duarte, Chris Duarte, just talking shit on the floor in Spanish <laughs> and don't let them have great games where they're both uh, yeah, at the press conference table post game. And they kind of, you know, maybe there's an interviewer who who interviews them in Spanish and they both go at it in Spanish. That's going to be amazing. I am I waiting for that, that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would um, love to do that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be beautiful. Um, and yeah, we haven't even talked about our draft picks. Uh, I, I like our draft picks a lot. Again, uh, if anybody who listens to Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast, you know, we talked about Monty's type 
and how he always goes for older players who are super smart and have a great feel for the game. And lo and behold, he gets two guys that aren't necessarily regarded as out of this world athletes where, you know, they're bouncing out of the gym. They seem to be average or maybe just above average, but their basketball feel seems to be off the charts. And and I love it. I love that we always draft smart players. Yeah. I mean, the drafting process is, is a complicated one. Um, you know, especially when you're picking later, uh, you know, obviously we had the 24th pick, we traded that, you know, in the Vashon Holmes deal. Um, so then, you know, the guys that came in are second round picks, but it's, it's a different, it's a difficult process and people think it's easier than, you know, it, it looks like you have to go in, you know, they have their draft boards, they have their guys that they've worked out, you know, um, and you just don't know. Sometimes teams can do different things and they may, you know, wow you and be like, well, I didn't think they were going to pick them. Okay. This, you know, now we do got to do this, this, and this. So yeah, the drafting process is a difficult one. Um, especially in the second round, uh, you know, not a lot of second round picks come out and just are absolute stars. Um, so you have to be, you know, kind of careful with how they're hyped up and things like that as well. Um, but I think Monty, you know, has shown with his first round draft picks so far, you know, that he has the ability to draft those type of players that are smart, um, that are a little older, you know, that kind of know what they're doing. So, yeah, we just have to wait and trust and, you know, give those guys time to develop. Um, you know, we can't just absolutely think they're going to come out and just make an immediate impact um, like some people I'm sure are hoping. But, yeah, we just have to wait and see how it plays out and, uh, you know, kind of let them develop and let them do their thing. And hopefully, you know, it turns out for the best and they're able to, you know, eventually make their way into the system and, you know, the rotation and uh, be a, an impactful player. But not only that, depending on on who you follow when it comes to draft season, uh, whatever draft pundit you follow, Colby Jones had first round value on certain big boards. Some people had him mocked as high as like 25 uh, to the early 30s. So he was, it was within that range. So uh, personally, I think that he's going to show first round value. Um, it's just more of a wait and see. I'm, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I, I think he will. And uh, I'm excited for the pick. And then also I'm excited for second other second round pick in um, Jalen Slauson. Um Seems to be very skilled, uh, a stretch big, which is pretty much what every team needs in the, this modern spaced out NBA. So, yeah, I'm super excited about our rooks. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, any player that comes in, you just got to get excited for. Um, you know, it just – you never know what they're going to turn out to be. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the past couple years with Tyrese Halliburton – you know, we didn't know he was going to be the person that he was. We were excited about him. Obviously, he's no longer here. Davion Mitchell, we all, you know, we're still excited on him. You know, some people unfortunately want to trade him and are down on him because of his offensive side of the game. But it's only going to be his third year in the season. So we got to give him the time to develop and things like that. Um, Keegan Murray, obviously, you know, the fourth overall pick last year. Um, we saw the bright spots that he had, you know, throughout the season, you know, breaking that three-point record. And then also... Um, in the playoffs, I thought he had a very good playoff showing. Maybe the first couple games weren't so great, but he kind of came into his own. I think maybe he had a little bit of jitters, but he came into his own and he performed, I think, very well in the playoffs for his first time being there. Uh, so and he was the only basically the one of two rookies in the playoffs that actually were, you know, impactful besides the Denver Nuggets having their rookie as well. So, yeah, I'm excited for, you know, any rookie that comes in, any player that comes in, 
we just have to be excited about them because, you know, they're on our team. Uh, they're going to be here, you know, here for at least a few years. So you just have to be excited with the moves that are being made and just be hopeful um, that they pan out the way, you know, the front office is hoping that they pan out. What are both of you wanting to see in the California Classic and Summer League? I, I cannot wait to see Keegan Murray leading that team, um, especially hearing about how he's been working out with Stocks and he's burning, been learning a lot from him as well. So I want to see how he leads that team for sure. Yeah, I would say, you know, I was surprised to see that he is playing. Um, but, hey, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, it just gives him more practice and more time to be out on the floor. Um, I do love that he's been working with De'Aaron Fox, you know, pretty much every day. Also, you know, now he's the new uncle to uh, Baby Rain. I just love seeing those, uh, you know, Instagram posts from Rise. I think that's just awesome uh, to see that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think seeing Keegan Murray out there, I'm curious to see how Kata does, uh, our two new rookies. Um, I think Keon Ellis is another one to watch as well. He was another player that we just signed to the two-way contract, and I thought he showed, especially on the defensive end, some bright spots when he did get a little burn in the regular season. So, yeah, I'm just excited for these guys to, you know, get some more playing time and see what they can do and hopefully, you know, kind of earn their way into a roster spot and, uh, you know, eventually get into the rotation with some of these guys. Yeah, I, I was going to say a lame joke and just say I really didn't care about Summer League and I just wanted to see more Uncle Keegs and, and Baby Rain content. Uh, that's really been the highlight of, of this summer as far as Kings media goes. Um, but yeah, I, I, Naima, you said it best. I, I am looking forward to seeing how, uh, a vocal, a more vocal Keegan Murray is leading this summer league team. And he's probably only going to play the California classic. Maybe he plays one game in summer league in Las Vegas. Uh, who knows, but I might be a fool, but I really do feel like uh, Keon Ellis is NBA ready. Every time I watch that man play, uh, he does amazing things. He knows his role really, really well. His shot is it's usually automatic if he's shooting from three. Um, his handle has improved. We all know what he could do on defense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see more of him play. And then, yeah, I just want to see our youngs develop. Um, and, and, yeah, we forgot to mention uh, Lindsey Harding uh, is coaching the G League. So um, that should be exciting as well. Is she coaching the Summer League team as well? No, it's uh, I believe it's Luke Lauks. He's coaching oh, the Summer League team. you know team. what? My bad. Yeah. I knew that. Sorry. And then Lindsey Harding will be the new uh, Stockton Kings head coach. And yeah, I was going to, thankfully you brought that up because that was the next thing on my mind that I wanted to say before we ended this podcast. But uh, yeah, congrats to her. That's awesome. Um, she's deserved it. Uh, just the grind that she's put in, um, you know, being with the player development. Um, everyone loves her. There's n- no one said anything bad about her. The players love to connect with her, you know, love having her out there. So I'm super excited. I'm sad that we did lose Bobby Jackson, but congrats to him on, you know, moving on to a bench in the NBA. Uh, unfortunately, it's not with us, but, you know, hopefully eventually he'll, you know, work his way over here. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just excited to see her, what she can do in the, you know, G League over there. Obviously, the G League team was great last year. They were in the playoffs as well. So I'm just excited to see what she can do and, you know, wish all the best for her and her success down in the G League. Yeah, congrats to her. It's always exciting to see a former WNBA player make it in the NBA as well. Um, so, yeah, congrats to Lindsay Harding. But on that note, um, we're excited for the California Classic and Summer League. We're actually going to see everyone soon because we're going to be recording post-game reactions uh, after our first Sacramento Kings uh, California Classic game. So we'll see you soon. Take care, y'all. Good night, guys.